welcome to the Cowbell Fever podcast. Today we're talking about waxing with Pioneer Midwest Race Service Manager Jeremy Hecker. He talks about his experience as a coach and a wax tech, studying skier physiology in Finland, and you'll even get to learn some Finnish, and how a race wax service will help you have fast skis on wet race day. Also, the party atmosphere of the race wax team. He'll be skiing in wave seven and he won't be on much sleep. And if you use the code podcast at Pioneer Midwest's website, you'll save 10% on race wax service. I've had my skis waxed by someone else for the Berkey for several years. I'm not about to go back to DIY. Because how else will I signal that I'm a true master blaster? Um, thanks for coming on, Jeremy, and talking about waxing. I think one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is just talk about what's changed with waxing in the last last two years, sort of since the last time there was a normal Berkey. I'm using air quotes for that because, you know, what even is normal anymore? Before that, I just wanted to hear about your background and, you know, what your philosophy is waxing with Pioneer Midwest. Yeah, no, my background is, I mean, I've been in coaching for a very long time now kind of just grew up as a uh, cross-country skier. So first time uh, I was on on skis, uh, my parents put me on skis at 18 months old. I really am still not certain if that is qualified as skiing. I can just picture myself just standing on a pair of skis and just being like, why the heck am I out here? It's cold, get me back inside. But I kind of grew up racing, uh, grew up skiing. and basically went to uh, Andover High School, raced uh, Andover High School for a little bit, and then um, uh, went to College St. Scholastica. Skied competitively at St. Scholastica for four years on their varsity team. Qualified for uh, NCAAs uh, my last two years. Once I graduated St. Scholastica, I decided that I still wanted to be involved in the sport somehow. Um, and I really enjoyed the, the, the training side of things with my athletic career. So I decided to get into the, uh, the coaching side of things and started working at uh, Endurance United, or I guess formerly known as Sisu uh, Foundation. So I was part of the first year of Endurance United there when the company transferred to Chris X as the, uh, the executive director. Um, working with uh, Kevin Brockman and kind of slowly worked through Endurance United and then went to many, many different places over the, the next uh, four, five, six years um, in coaching. So I did a master's degree in Finland, uh, went to University of Vascula. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. I didn't learn much in the uh, the Finnish language while I was there. It's a hard language, isn't it? It's, it's a very difficult language to learn. Uh, really, the only, uh, the, the only words that I, I, I remember uh, from my time there is Coxolu. Uh, which is uh, two beers. So, because when you go to the bar, you don't want to just order one. <laughs> so it's too cold for that. Yep, yep. But I did a two-year master's program, uh, master's degree, and the uh, the official title of the, uh, the the degree is it's a master's degree in the biology of physical activity, with an emphasis on the science of sports coaching and fitness testing. So it's a very long English title. It's a lot shorter in Finnish that I cannot pronounce. But basically, I went there and with the uh, the understanding that I'd be able to study cross-country skiing. Um, so the first year was a lot of classes, a lot of uh, lectures, but the second year I, I worked on a master's thesis and I spent an entire year um, studying cross-country skiers. So I did a, a study on, on cross-country skiing looking at uh, seasonal variations in aerobic and anaerobic uh, variables in a skier's body, seeing what changes over the course of a year, which is really 
uh, was a kind of a cool and exciting project to work on for an entire year. Um, that's something that's just not possible here in the U.S. really. There's not funding for it and um, so I was able to get funding for it from the uh, from the university and yeah they approved it and it was a, it was a pretty cool study. So uh, one of my other partners in the in the program I think that he actually published uh, our research in a article uh, research article somewhere. My thesis is sitting in the university library, um, which is accessible online. So if you guys want to look for it, you you can just type in seasonal variations in cross country skiing, and I believe I'll be <laughs> one of the uh, one of the first links there. What brought you back to where you work now from Finland? Yeah, so once I got done uh, finished with Finland, or at least during my time in Finland, I was able to actually get some experience waxing on the World Cup. So while I was in Finland, I was able to, to work with Rex Ski Wax. The, the factory of, of Rex is only about 45 minutes away from the, the university where I was located at. They invited me to go to the Scandinavian World Cups as a um, service tech. So I went to four or five different World Cups over the, the two years there waxing for, for Rex Ski Wax. And really what that would look like is I would go out before the races happen figure out what the best wax is from Rex on that day. And then from there, print off a piece of paper with a recommendation and go to every single team. I'd go in all the trailers, all the trucks and figure out like, tell them, hey, this is what we are using today. This is what I think that you guys should use. If you want it, we have it and I can sell it to you. So it's a pretty cool experience to work on, on in the service, service industry at the World Cups. Cause the nice thing is that is very little stress on that side of things. Because if I screw it up, if I give the wrong recommendation, well, the teams don't have to listen to me. The only thing I'm losing out on is maybe a couple sales, but I'm not affecting anybody's races. So I would go there, make the recommendations. And then for the races, I just go out on the course and I've got a course bib. I can go and look in and be on the sidelines and watch, watch these, uh, the best athletes in the world race. Um, so it was really kind of exciting. After my master's degree, I came back to the U.S. and really wanted to get more into coaching. And I believe that first year after my master's degree, I went in as assistant coach at Stratton Mountain School, um, working mostly with the junior team, but um, did have the opportunity to work uh, occasionally with the elite team when time permitted. So at that point, I mean, Stratton Mountain, well, they still are one of the, the most competitive teams in the in the country. But I mean, there was uh, Jesse Diggins, Sophie Caldwell, Simi Hamilton, Andy Newell, um, those are just some of the names among many others uh, that were on the team. And then I was working with juniors, Ben Ogden, Catherine Ogden, Julia Kern. They were, they were on the junior team at that point. So um, still some very, very fast names that, that are now <laughs> for, oh, yeah. former and current Olympians, which is really, really kind of cool. But I spent a year there before realizing that I, what I liked in coaching, or at least my time at St. Scholastica was I loved college. Uh, so I wanted to move from the junior junior side of things to to collegiate coaching and went to Williams College for a year. Um, so Williams College is a pretty short uh, short drive away from from Stratton, but um, getting into the collegiate side of things was really what I wanted to, to be working with. Slightly more mature, older athletes, a little bit more relatable sometimes. than I mean, at, at Stratton there'd be the uh, some middle school kids, which is great coaching them. But over time, you can't really have that that one to one connection that you can with a with a college age individual. That um, I'd have real conversations with with athletes, and that's that's really one of the things that I that I enjoyed about coaching, especially collegiate coaching. Went to Williams College, and then uh, only spent one year there before. Uh, position opened up in Green Bay as a head coach so I wanted to slowly move back back towards home um, so get into Green Bay for a couple of years and unfortunately when COVID came around um, there's some funding issues with uh, the 
having that position be full time. Um, so I had to look elsewhere and uh, reached out to, to Matt and Adam here at Pioneer Midwest. Um, and they had a position open for their uh, service manager and I kind of hopped on that and haven't looked back since. So, and you, you just got back from waxing uh, Zach Cutterson's skis on the Tour de Ski. You know, it was an awesome experience uh, to, to be able to, to wax there for Zach. That was actually my first time working directly with uh, the U.S. ski team uh, at a World Cup, Cup event. I've had several times where I've waxed for athletes at World Cup events besides my, my stint at Rex Ski Wax. I was a personal wax tech for Matt Leach at the 2016 Ski Tour Canada and then was able to travel through Canada, waxing for him in conjunction with the Australian national team. And then when the World Cups were around in Quebec in 2017, 2018, basically when I was on the East Coast, I would go over and help out with Rex Ski Wax, but also just pop my head in the, the US team trailer and say, does anybody need help waxing? And generally, I would usually I would get two or three pair of skis thrown at me. Going to the Tour de Ski was a, was a pretty cool opportunity to be plugged directly into the U.S. ski team. And it was an awesome opportunity for, for Zach as well. Um, so when he qualified for the team, he kind of figured out that he, re he really did want to go there. But part of that, that piece with not being on the U.S. ski team but qualifying for those races means that he needs to bring his own wax tech. Um, so we were talking about yeah. who would be the best one to support him, whether that's uh, myself, Leo Hip, or, or Caitlin Gregg, who are all, all three of us are involved as coaches for, uh, for Team Berkey. And we kind of came to the understanding that I would be able to give him the best chance of success over in Europe. Because when you're, when you're over there, I mean, you're, every single athlete deserves to be there and is very fast. So you need to have every advantage that you can get. So um, I have a few more years of experience waxing than, than Leo and Caitlin did. So we decided that it was probably best for me to be to head over there and, and help them out. But going over there and working with the U.S. ski team was 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 incredible. Uh, I guess I was the seventh wax tech, so they had six wax techs over there, and then six more coaches or support staff. So I would have been the seventh wax tech, me yep. making thirteen coaches. But on a race day, uh, basically everybody, all the wax techs would be working together for testing. For an example, on a classic day, uh, which is going to be the the most time intensive out of all the days. Generally, we would have two wax techs, and then Matt Whitcomb, the head coach, would go out and work with uh, kick wax. They would be solely focused on kick wax, leaving the other five coaches or five wax techs to go out and decide, figure out glide. And pretty much what that would look like is in the morning, we show up to the, the truck, figure out what we want to test, get the skis prepped, and then we go out in two teams of two. So I would generally be working with my brother, Chris Hecker. Um, we would go out and test, uh, let's say we would test structure and top coats. Uh, we would do glide outs on eight different structures and eight different top coats, figure out what's the fastest of those eight. Wow. And then over the radio, we would be giving the call saying ski one beat ski two by 50 centimeters. And then ski three, zero, ski four, 40. That's really what a, what a call would go. And then the fifth service tech would be in the truck recording all of our, all of our data. So he'd be the concierge of the day. So we got three-person kick team and then two two-person glide teams, all relaying information back to the truck, the central point. And then that person in the truck would be pulling out waxes and, and getting some skis prepped. And then as soon as all the testing's done, we would have the wax of the day. It would get set in the uh, kind of a central location in the truck, and then it was just scramble mode from there. 
every wax tech taking care of their own individual athlete skis. So working together to make the call, but then as soon as the call is made, then it's kind of really up to you to get get wax on the skis towards the later part of the week tour ski when for example Zach Ketterson was the only guy to be work or finish the 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 hill climb it meant that there was seven wax techs working for one athlete wow so at that point I was a guy that was inside the truck working on Zach's skis prepping them um, and getting information from the other the other six six wax techs were all doing testing for me relaying information back as soon as I got information back, I'd start waxing his skis. But because I had those extra people, I was able to give off a second pair of skis or a third pair of skis to the other wax techs. And they would wax up an additional two or three pair of skis for Zach. Generally, we would do testing the day before that morning of and only get one pair of skis race waxed. But when we have the ability to do more, it's nice to get a second pair just as an extra set, a backup set in case something happens. So it's it's kind of a, a nice piece there. If you sign up for the Pioneer Midwest Race Wax Service, that's the level of service that you're going to be getting. <laughs> oh, uh, pr- probably can't be doing that at uh, every race, especially the Berkey. But yeah, not not um, quite at this price point, too. <laughs> Given that this race is the first sort of big race we've had in person, big Berkey since 2020, we've sort of gone in the last two or three years from all fluoros all the time to no fluoros. How has that changed how how you guys work? I mean, it really hasn't changed the the process that we use to create our skis make the skis um, wax them up handing them out like that hasn't changed the physical waxes obviously have changed but we go in and basically what happens for us berkey week and i mean berkey week has started a long time ago unfortunately for me Mm -hmm. um we already have uh i think that this morning i was i was looking we already had 60 people sign up for for race service and it that number just keeps on growing every single day basically what what ends up happening is that we get the skis most of the skis should be dropped off by monday or tuesday of berkey week here at the shop and we do all the 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 base prep uh the base work here so generally we'll look at the forecast, look at recommendations and put down uh, safe paraffin. And that's really the, our, our philosophy here at, at yep. Piney Midwest is to make sure that we're putting on good waxes, but safe waxes. We're not trying to take a risk here by putting on something that it might be the best thing ever, but if the conditions change just ever so slightly, they're gonna be really bad. Yep. I, I generally don't like putting on waxes like that, especially if it's four or five days out without testing it, it's pretty risky. So I'll put on a, on safe waxes. So um, for example, Rex Blue, really safe wax. Um, yep. The new uh, Swix Marathon, um, again, very safe waxes. So I'll put on something that's that's going to be a very safe option. And then from there, bring them to the Berkey. Uh, we are stationed up in Cable. Um, we were stationed up there last year and we'll be continued to be stationed up there this year. Do a bit of testing there on site. And then when we are on site, we will be doing top coats and then structure. So we'll do all the finishing touches, all the stuff that actually really makes a difference there on site. And, and to, to us, the biggest thing that, that we offer that an individual might not have is that experience and application. And that's the biggest difference that you're gonna be able to get in. And it's all these waxes that I'm putting on are waxes that everybody has access to. So yep. for example, if I'm, okay, I'm gonna put on Swix Marathon, a layer of Rex G21, and then top it with Rex N Kinetic Cold. That's the race wax for this year. Somebody can go out and buy that for, uh, I guess that's about 250-ish dollars, but you're gonna get a ton of different applications on that because that's a lot of stuff you're buying in bulk. But you're not get, you. it would be somebody applying it that doesn't have necessarily the experience that, that I have or that my other um, service techs here at the shop have. 
And the, the so, equipment, I assume you're using the best, you know, really the top end irons, the top, top end of everything. So you, and, exactly. and you've done it thousands of times before. Yeah, I mean, I I will be probably getting two or three new sets of brushes for that week. Irons, I will resurface the week before. Um, so basically, I'm, I'm making sure that all the application is, is spot on. And really what it comes down to, the best thing that you can do for your skis, Berkey week, scraping and brushing. The amount of times I see poor scraping and brushing jobs, that, that really costs, costs people races. So it, it's that alone is worth a lot of money to people is just having somebody scrape and brush your skis properly, um, yeah. let alone the picking out the right waxes and all that stuff. The so. right wax and the right structures. I mean, you can have that whole arsenal, but especially if you're traveling and, and, and this is, I've started doing this too, because even if I was traveling with a number of people, just getting all the stuff together and getting a setup, it's a lot of stress the night before the Berkey when you want to eat your dinner and go to sleep, drink water and go to sleep. Yep. And yep. it's, if you're paying what, $150 for the race and, you know, lodging, travel, it is a pretty small price to pay to have, uh, have, have good, have good skis for the race. I, I've yeah. run running races. I, re, I ran the New York Marathon a couple years ago and, and, and got dropped by Keegan and, and, and Liz and Ida in it. <laughs> yep. And I just like saying that a lot, but it actually is pertinent to this. I had really old shoes on that were just not as fast as the new shoes. And I finished yep. that race and I looked just like, if I'm going to spend $300 on a race and I'm going to spend train fare and hotel and all the, well, I stay with cousins, but if I'm going to spend all that money to get to the race, I put, yep. should put the best thing on my feet that I can. And I feel exactly. like it's the same thing with the skis. But it's yeah. also like shoes you don't have to worry about spending two hours with your shoes the night before. Yeah, now going back to the, the, the wax application, or the wax piece, that is an important part of the process, figuring out the best non-fluoro waxes. But touchy subject, fluoros versus non-fluoros. And like Berkey is, is a fluoro-free race. And all the waxes that we put on our skis here are going to be fluoro-free. And I do get questions like, oh, like I'm a wave for skier, like they're not gonna check my skis for fluoros, like what should I do? I'm like, well, my recommendation is that you're abiding by the rules and also doing stuff environmentally friendly and taking yeah, care yeah. of your own body. Yep. But an example of this from last year, I had an individual that signed up for a race service and I waxed a pair of skis for him using our non-fluoro waxes and put on the structure, put on everything. And he comes running up to the, the tent uh, the morning of and he has a second pair of skis and he comes up and he whispers to me like, hey, Jeremy, like I put on some floral powder is this gonna be faster I'm like well it probably will be faster than the than the standard non-fluoro wax it's like okay okay good bye i'm like all right after the race he comes back and he tells me he has never had a slow race or slow skis in his life and i asked like okay like what what'd you do for for structure he's like oh i didn't put on any structure I'm like there you go <laughs> like i looked at his skis and, and structure made all the difference in on I don't remember which day it was last year for the Berkey, but it made a huge difference. And he came back and he was so like, he was like, I really should have just used the skis that I paid for and got from you. And he probably would have had a better race because of it. But yes, he put on fluoros, the, the illegal waxes, but it didn't help him out at all because he put on the wrong yep. structure. Whoever the race wax service that you're using, when you trust someone who has all that experience, you are trusting that they're going to make probably good decisions. And you might not have a fleet of skis that, you know, has 15 different flexes um, mm -hmm. and 12 different grinds, but you can give someone skis to get sort of the base prep and then the top coat and then whatever the structure is, you're probably giving yourself the best chance as, as you just talked about. Yeah. I and mean, that's even something we do have several skiers do here. And it's something I'm, again, I'm not looking forward to, but um, we do get skis coming in. They're starting to trickle in for grind work for the Berkey. 
I got one pair of skis that showed up last week that said, yep, I want you to grind these and wax these for the Berkey. So they kind of got through, did our cold universal grind, but I'm assuming that I'll probably get a few more of those coming in at this next couple of weeks here for, for grind service and then immediately put into wax service. I don't like to push that because that's a lot of work if I were to have to do that for two to 300 pairs of skis. I'm, <laughs> I, I can't do that, <laughs> but yeah. And then you're still kind of guessing at what the grind, you're assuming it's gonna be the, the usual kind of Berkey snow, but it really could be anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean for, the, for the grind, like it's putting on a, a safe grind that works in a huge, huge range of conditions is, yep. is what we do here. So um, our number one grind that we, we sell for skating is our SE1 grind, it's a cold universal grind. I've seen it run in single digits up to like 30, 35 degrees really well on its own. And then if you add in hand structure that can go higher than 35 degrees if, if needed. We've had a lot of success with that grind. Uh, there's a lot of great results at US Nationals in um, Soldier Hollow just this in, in January um, when there were, were single digit days and 40, 50 degree days. When you finish waxing the skis on the night before the Berkey, and I assume you do quarter loop it on Friday and then the big push is probably Friday into the Berkey. When you yep. finish that up, what does what time do you finish that? So this would be my first year with Pioneer Midwest at a full Berkey. So last year I, I was there for a partial Berkey, but I mean we had a lot of skis to wax, but spread out over five days. Right. Um, which is kind of nice. I I mean it was a long week, but I only had thirty to forty pairs of skis to do every night. Versus on that Friday night, there's going to be a hundred, two hundred, maybe more pairs of skis that I need to do something to. Um, and we're going to have probably at least six of us there waxing, potentially more. I'm going to guess it'll be at midnight at the earliest, but probably 2 or 3 a.m. Yep. by the time we're, we're set and done. And then showing up to the race venue at 6.30, I think, is when, when I've said that I'm going to be there with skis. Maybe it's 7. The early, early arrivals who want their skis. So I'm only gonna get, whatever, two or three hours of sleep that night. And then I'm also in wave seven. <laughs> I will be one of the last starters out. So yeah, I, um, I signed up very late, got in wave seven. I haven't done the Berkey in a few years now, but even if I signed up early and went into wave one, wave two, elite wave, I don't know where I would filter into, but um, I would have requested to be back in wave seven because one, it's more fun back there. And two, I still have to hand out a lot of skis throughout that day. But yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, skiing by in my, uh, it'll probably be my Pioneer Midwest suit. Um, so uh, if I ski by and I look tired, you probably know why. <laughs> and you should, at least you should have fast skis. I, I probably will wax my own skis. I don't know. It's one less pair of skis to wax if I just, just don't do anything to my skis. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see it. We put them at the end of the pile and at 2.45 in the morning, you'll decide yeah, between like, 15 minutes of sleep or, uh, or fast skis. Yes, exactly. That's an interesting way to ski a Berkey um, out of wave seven on, on a couple hours of sleep, but I'm sure that there have been people who have been doing that for some time. Now, Matt is the, the, the owner of Pioneer Midwest. He's obviously up, uh, up in the elite wave gunning for the top. Is he, is he up with you till three in the morning waxing or does he, oh, he, no. he say goodnight and uh, <laughs> say goodnight no, and he, good luck? He will be probably with his family um, at a hotel or at somebody else's house. Uh, but he'll he'll be there, show up, um, probably with beer and pizza for dinner that night, um, give us uh, some good company, and then try to get to bed at a decent time because I'm going to guess he's he's going to want to put on the skis and have a halfway competitive race in the morning. So 
Um, it'll be a bunch of younger younger individuals here at the shop working working that late shift. And it must be a sort of a ha- half wax, half party as you go into the night. Yeah, I mean, it's there, there'll be music in there. There'll be beer. At that point, we have almost all of the, the, the ironing done. So all we're doing is just brushing out and getting things prepped for the prep for the next day but yeah with with six of us there basically the way we will work is in stations so one person is just gonna be scraping 300 pair of skis another person's gonna be brushing 300 pair of skis and kind of working working along that lines instead of like one person doing a pair of skis all the way through uh, so kind of getting more individualized and working in a uh, working in a production line i guess is the, uh, the quickest way to get those skis done. Well, it sounds like quite the uh, process, and I'm getting my skis waxed with you guys this year, and we do have a uh, deal if you're listening to the podcast and you want to sign up for Pioneer Midwest Race Wax Service, go to their website. If you put in podcast when you check out, I think it's 10% off that you'll get. So, you yeah. know, just make some more work for Jeremy and his team. Get some <laughs> skis in there. I've said this on this podcast episode, and I've said it before, when I started getting my skis waxed, especially as someone who's traveling from out of the region, it's the best decision I've ever made. It just makes my life so much easier, and I think it makes me have a better race the next day because, first of all, I don't stress about what the wax is. Do I have to buy something? Are we like going to three ski shops on the way because that wax is sold out? And that's something if they, <laughs> everyone says it's going to be this wax, sometimes you can like have to go from one shop to another to see who has it and hope someone has it at the, at the expo, um, especially if it's sort of a weird, a weird year and a weird wax. And then you hand your skis off a week before or a couple days before if you're doing the expo option. You get them at the race start. You're not even taking them on the bus, and you're just sort of breathing easy. You jump on those skis and go. And most of what happens is baked in well before that by your training. But it's nice to have fast skis. And that's the uh, the biggest thing that I think a lot of our customers appreciate is the the race line pickup. You don't have to deal with your skis at all. You you just know that they're going to be there at the start line with your name on it, set and ready to go. So don't have to worry about that that all that stuff leading up to that race well again uh go to pioneer midwest and put in the code podcast and get a couple dollars off and you know let the party go on a few minutes longer for jeremy and his team (laughs) and um and then i'll probably see you at the at the race start and hopefully you've had some coffee and maybe maybe finish too (laughs) yep perfect perfect Thanks, Jeremy, for coming on, and thanks to Pioneer Midwest for giving Cowbell Fever listeners 10% off their race wax service. Remember to use the code PODCAST when signing up, and you'll save. See you in four short weeks, and yes, we'll have plenty of podcast content coming in your ear holes before then.